Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. This morning, um, I'm talking about uh, the title of my sermon is called I Am a Palm Tree. I am a palm tree. So I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, I am a palm tree. Turn to the other neighbor and say, you are a palm tree. I am a palm tree. Don't worry, it'll make sense in a little bit. Uh, turn to your other neighbor. Turn to someone behind you and say, you shady like a palm tree. What? What are we talking about? Come on, guys. We're in church. Don't be shady. Don't be shady. Uh, Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And all he does, all we do is prosper. Amen? It's not good. I was telling the other service, my dad loves to memorize the Bible, and this is one of the verses he would try to get us to memorize at 5 a.m., on the way to school. Um, I didn't memorize it though. I fell asleep, but he tried, you know, so it was good. Um, but it, it's one of my favorite verses. It always stuck with me and, uh, and I'm excited to talk about that. Today. I'm going to pray real quick and then we're going to move on. Lord, we thank you so much for this morning and we thank you that you're speaking and we thank you, God, that we don't have to rely on our strength, but we can rely on you and that today you're going to do some amazing miracles in Jesus name. Amen. Um, our human nature, when, when things get difficult, is to try to find the quick fix, to try to, to, try to figure things out as fast as we can. Um, to, to, we have that fight or flight method. We're either going to run or we're going to stay, you know. But our human nature usually is to find the quick fix. Um, for me, I'm not very handy. So the quick fix for me is call someone and pay them to do it. And they may overcharge me, but I don't have a choice because I can't do something, right? But our, our human nature is how do we find the quick fix? How do we get it done? If we're going through a difficult time, I, I've got to work harder, be better, do better to fix this, right? And that's our human nature. That's our human propensity. That's what we would naturally do. Um, but God's plan is actually something greater than just a quick fix. Sometimes, in the name of a quick fix, we forfeit future stability for, for present comfortability. We would almost rather be comfortable in the present, comfortable with where we're at, instead of having God's great future and destiny for our family, for our business, for our, for our friends, for our lives. And so we sometimes forfeit the future stability and the future promise of God for the, com- the, for, for the comfort of today. That sometimes that's our human nature because when times get tough, we, we don't think about the future, right? When times get tough, we think about what's happening here and now and what's going on. But God has actually designed us to be able to be constant, whether it's good times or bad times. When things are good, we can still have joy. When things are bad, we can find our joy in him. But God has created us in him to be steady. Because that's what he is. God is, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do you know that's really what the definition of holiness is? Is that you're consistent? I think sometimes in Christianity we overlook the, the, the power of being consistent. We overlook the power of stability. We overlook the power of when things are bad. We don't have to you know, leave church and go into a tailspin. We actually can put our trust in God and still be stable. When things are good, we don't have to be complacent in our relationship with God, but we continue to grow. We can continue to go to higher heights and deeper depths because our God is consistent. He goes from glory to glory, from faith to faith. So no matter what season you're in, he can continue to grow you. But our natural human emotions and feelings sometimes hinders us from from going deeper when things get tough. See, when things get tough, we want to run. When things get tough, we want to flee. When things get tough, we want to find something new. 
But God says, I want you to be planted. I want you to be steadfast. I want you to stand firm. I want you to be here. I want you to just trust me. That's what it's talking about in Psalms chapter one. It's saying, can you meditate, be planted in, in, in the law, but also can you be planted by rivers of living water? It doesn't say, can you run and find a liver, river of liver? Oh, well, come on. <laughs> That's if you're into that, I guess. Um, <laughs> it says, don't run around and find the river of living water. It says, be planted by rivers of living water. I think sometimes we run around in life looking for the next river of living water, whatever that may be. The thing that, that eases the tension, eases the pain, eases the hurt just for a moment. But God didn't say run around and try to find it. He said be planted and it will be there. But oftentimes our feelings, our emotions, our circumstances hinder us from being planted steadfast where God wants us to be. Jeremiah 17, five through eight says this, thus said the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man, trusts in himself, makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert. He shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in parched places of the wilderness and uninhabited salt land. But blessed is the man who trust is in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends its roots by the stream, does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green. It is not anxious when year of drought, because it, because it does not cease to bear fruit. Jeremiah just gave us a, a blueprint of what it means to be planted. Oftentimes, I think we look at being planted as that, that, that we try to make good out of a bad situation or you know, we try to fix things on our own. But Jeremiah is saying, your emotions doesn't mean you're planted. And where does that show? It says, your trust is in the Lord. No, it says, your trust is the Lord. So that shows us that trust is more than a feeling or emotion. Trust is just more than saying, God, I trust you. God, I trust you. God, I trust you. It's more than even just a worship song that we sing. See, those are good. But what that's getting us to do is realizing that trust is relinquishing all control to God, relinquishing our character, relinquishing our human nature and saying, God, I trust is not just in you, it is you. So I need your character. I need your nature. I need your way of thinking. I need your way of living. I need your way of speaking. I need your way of walking. Because that's what trust in God is, is relinquishing our, our, our ambitions, relinquishing our dreams, relinquishing our finances, relinquishing our families, relinquishing the things that are troubling our minds, our anxiety, our depression, our human nature, and saying, God, I am not gonna worry about this anymore. I know it's on my brain. I know that the circumstances say, think about it it, fix it, do what you got to do. But God, I'm going to take on your character. I'm going to take on your nature. I'm going to become like you. And I just need your help and your grace. Because get this, God is not intimidated by your circumstance. God is not intimidated by the lack thereof in your bank account. God is not intimidated by the, the, the prosperity you have in your bank account either. God is not intimidated by our circumstances, situations, feelings, emotions, anxiety, depression, uh, addictions, uh, uh, diagnoses. He's not, in, he's not intimidated, so neither should we, because when we are planted, we take on his character. When we are planted, we take on his nature. When we are planted, we take on the, the, the anxious free life that Jesus talked about in Matthew when he says, all I need you to worry about is seek thee first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Why are you worrying about tomorrow for today has its own issues and what is today's issues? Can we become more like God and can we expand his kingdom? If we worry about that, all the worries in life begin to wash away because we are taking on God's character. We're supposed to be planted in God's character. In Psalms chapter one, it says to meditate on the law day and night. That means be planted in God's character, God's word. I think oftentimes we think 
to, to, that, that we have to read a mass amount of the Bible, right, to be spiritual. Like, oh, man, brother, I read like 15 chapters today. It was amazing. Like, no, you didn't. Like, come on. Who has time for that? Like, no one. Like, we love you, though. But sometimes we think it's, it's the amount that we read or, or, or how many times we come to church and how loud we worship. And these things aren't bad things. But what I want you to get my heart is meditate. We have to really get to what does that word mean in the Hebrew. Um, I know this, and it's a weird fact that I know this, but if you know anything about cows, um, they have seven stomachs. You know that? Seven stomachs. So when they eat grass, they eat it and throw it up seven times until it extracts all the nutrients it can. Uh, a, a cow's stomach is built to, to extract everything it can from a blade of grass. That's the same really meaning that it's talking about when it says meditate. It says to chew on it to think about it, to let it become a part of who you are, to extract everything you can from God's word. Instead of us speeding through the word, just trying to read a mass amount, can we just stop and say, God, what are you actually trying to say in your word today? God, I need to extract something. I'm not leaving this place until you speak because the reason why I'm reading, the reason why I'm praying, the reason why I'm even here this morning on a Sunday morning is because I need to hear your voice. I need you to speak. And we begin to chew on it, to meditate on it, to think about it until it becomes a part of who we are. In Romans, it says this. Paul says, I am eager and willing to preach what is in me. What is that saying? I am eager and willing to preach the things of the word that have become a part of who I am. He says, I'm not going to preach anything that's not a part of my character yet. So oftentimes we try to go out and we're trying to preach the gospel, but is the gospel a part of our character? Is God's nature a part of our nature? Is God's way of thinking a part of our way of thinking? Is God's way of speaking and seeing people the way a part of our nature? And it all comes from meditating on the word day and night. We first must be planted in the character of God. But then it goes down and says, be planted by streams of living water. Then we need to be planted in the community of God. See, God's character and his community are inseparable. You don't believe me? I'll, I'll prove it. God's character and community is inseparable. It, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. That's three people. That's community. It says when two or three are gathered, he is in their midst. That's community. The one thing that he said that was not good when he created the earth was, it is not good for man to be alone. God created you for community. His son is, he sent his son to die so he can revive community again because our sins separated us from him. We were born and we were created for community with God and with others. So to be separated from God's community and say we have God's character is actually impossible because God's character and God's community are, are one and the same. They're synonymous. They're inseparable. And he says, I don't only want you to be a part of my community or my, my, my character. I want you to be planted in my community. Are you planted in the community of God? It says in Proverbs, it's not good for, uh, or it says it's not good for a man to be alone because he will be, go after his own desires. An isolated man will go after his own desires. If you find yourself continually living in that circle and cycle of life and saying, why do I keep stealing, uh, dealing with the same things? Why do I keep struggling? Why do I keep feeling this way? Why am I still addicted? Why am I still talking this way? Why am I still anxious? Why am I still depressed? Are you isolated? Are you alone? Because when you're isolated and when you're alone, you can convince yourself that anything is okay. That's what it's saying in Proverbs. It's saying when you're isolated, you'll convince yourself it's all right. When you guys are out there and you know you're not married yet, but it's easy to convince yourself it's all right when there's no one around and you don't have accountability in your life. Ooh, come on. I feel like I'm preaching to the youth today. Come on. <laughs> but God's character and his community are, are synonymous. In Psalms 92, it says, It's the righteous flourish like a palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. 
They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They, they bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green. To declare that the Lord is upright, he is, he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. See, being planted in God's character equals to be planted in God's community. Free Chapel is, is God's community. If you look to your right and to your left, you may not know the person sitting next to you, but guess what? They're your brother and they're your sister because this is a community. This is a people who stand together, who worship together, who believe together, who fight together. God has created us for community. God has created us to be planted not only in his character, but in his house. See, the thing it says in there, it says, I want you to flourish like a palm tree. In all three of these verses that we read, theologians believe that this psalmist and, and Jeremiah the prophet were mentioning a palm tree. We're referencing a palm tree. Why? Because a palm tree is one of the only trees in the world that can survive in the Sahara Desert, that, that can survive in a dry climate that can survive where no other trees can survive. And the reason it can is because of how it's designed. And I'm gonna go through a little uniqueness. See, it's funny, I, 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 I moved from Washington to California and had all my science credits done in um, uh, my sophomore year. So when I moved down, I didn't have to do science, but for some reason, my dad wanted one of his sons to be a doctor. Um, unfortunately, we weren't wired that way. So when I got to school in California, they're like, hey, uh, do you want to take science? I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm done with that. My dad's like, no, you're going to be a doctor. I'm like, all right. Like, don't kid yourself, dad. I'm not. He's like, no, no, you're going to be a doctor. You're going to do chemistry. I was like, okay. So I did chemistry, but it was like the lower level chemistry for like the smart, you know, we just learn differently. You know, we learn differently. That's where I'll put it. Just learn differently. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't remember any lesson from chemistry class. But there is one thing I do remember. It was the first day, and our teacher took us outside to the street um, in Ventura, California. And he looks down the street, and there's a whole row of palm trees. And he says, you know why those are unique? And I'm like, no. And he begins to, to go a lesson on what makes a palm tree unique. For some reason, out of any lesson, I don't remember anything else. So trust me, no equations, nothing. I didn't really get it. But that's the one thing that stuck with me. So when I was reading these scriptures, I remembered that lesson and saying, okay, God, I see what you were doing there all the way back in high school. But I want to tell you what makes it unique. So when we, you turn to your neighbor once again and say, I am a palm tree. I'm a palm tree. I believe that God has designed us as humans to, our lives should emulate the way a palm tree grows. It's saying it's planted. See, it's, it's planted in a desert season when you're dry, when you can't receive anymore, when, when things aren't going that, your way anymore. This is where a, a palm tree thrives. It's easy to thrive when everything's in a perfect condition and in a perfect ecosystem, but it's difficult when you're growing in a place where nowhere else, no one else can grow. See, the first thing that makes a, a palm tree unique is its root system. Most trees are about, their root systems go about six feet deep and then they grow wide and strengthen wide. The palm tree, it, it goes wide a little bit, but it actually can grow up to 40 feet in depth. So what makes it unique is that in the Sahara Desert, where there is no water on the surface for sometimes months to years, it will go down deep until it finds a natural source of water. It will go down deep until it finds an aqueduct flowing underneath the surface. So it doesn't rely on the rain. It doesn't rely on someone else watering it. It relies on the natural source that is under it. See, sometimes as Christians, when we come to church, we rely so much on the sermon on a Sunday to get us through our week. And so we get that surface water that kind of water our roots for a morning, but when we wake up in Monday, we're back where we were, instead of going deeper and deeper and deeper and finding the natural source for ourselves. 
being planted in the house of God means that your Monday is changed by Sunday. That your Tuesday is changed by Sunday. That your Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, that, that when you're at work, there's something different. It's not because of what was preached. What was preached should spark a revelation on the inside of you that I need more of that. That when I'm at home, I'm going to dig deeper till I find that natural source of water for my soul. I'm not going to rely on the preacher. I'm not going to rely on the worship team. See, when you find the natural source of water, get this, it's crazy. It doesn't really matter what's preached on a Sunday. It doesn't really matter what's, what, what the worship sounds like because there's something on the inside of you that can't get enough of God. Someone could sing and not hit any notes, but you're like, that is the best worship I've ever heard. This is the same water that Jesus was talking about with the woman at Samaria, the woman at the well, who was, who was hiding away, who was, who was ashamed of her life, and he looked at her and said, hey, guy, get some water. She's like... You're a Jewish guy. I'm a Samaritan girl. I ain't giving you water. You don't like me. I don't like you. Let's be cool with it. He's like, no, I want some water. He's like, I can give you everlasting water. She's like, with what bucket, fool? Like, she's like, this is how I read the Bible, all right? So don't judge me, all right? Gotta make it fun sometimes, all right? She's like, with what bucket? He said, I'll give you water that will never run out, that you'll never thirst again. It's not a natural water. It's a water for your soul. And get this, that conversation sparked something in her that the thing that she was avoiding, she began to run towards. And she began to, to, to see healing in herself, but also in her community because there was a living water that she found. Her roots did not just rely on the surface water anymore, but she began to find the natural source of water, which was the Holy Spirit, and saying, God, this is what I need. This is what being planted is about. It's being planted where we keep going down deep. So if you're in a season where you're saying, I'm not receiving, I'm not receiving, I'm not receiving, that's not the time to uproot yourself and go to a different church. That's the time to dig down deeper and say, God, let me get deeper in your community. How can I serve? How can I get plugged in? Where can I help? Because I know I'm not feeling your presence, but I I'm not going to leave until I do. And I'm going to find the natural source of water. I'm going to find that natural source of your spirit. So that, that, that point was our roots determine our fruits. Your roots will determine how fruitful you are in your life with God. How deep you go with God will determine how high you go with God. It says that in Psalms 92. It says he wants you to be as tall as a tree in Lebanon and, and, and like a palm tree planted by the rivers. See, he's saying, I want you to go to higher heights, but first I need you to go to d deeper depths. That when they build a skyscraper in order to determine the height of the skyscraper, they first have to determine the depth of the foundation. Sometimes we're wondering why we aren't going higher in God and reaching higher heights have we gone deeper in God. Before we worry about what God's doing and, 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 and the prosperous doors he's opening up, let's say, hey, can I go deeper in my relationship with him? Because when you go deeper, inevitably you go higher with God. Inevitably you, you, you soar to higher heights. And so the first thing is, is that the our roots will determine your fruits in your life with God. It will determine the fruits of the Spirit. How deep you go with God will be how natural those fruits become. You know, maybe joy is not natural to you, but I promise you, if you keep going deeper in the Spirit and you find that, 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 that source, that joy, that happiness, that, 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 that peace that surpasses all understanding will become a natural part of your character because God's character will become your character. Number two, our roots are better together. So a palm tree usually does not grow alone. 
If you see most palm trees, there's, there's either a line of palm trees or a clump of palm trees. They grow better actually together, not just by themselves. And, and why that is is because, yes, their roots go deep, but when they're next to each other, their roots go wide enough to where they can latch onto each other and help each other go deep. So those seasons where you feel like you can't go deeper, that's why it's good to be a part of our community because you have someone right next to you and say, hey, let's go deeper. Hey, let's not let you settle. See, with community comes accountability. With community comes accountability. Accountability isn't someone up in your grill like, yo, why aren't you serving Jesus? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? No, accountability is someone not letting you settle for, God, for what's not God's best. Accountability is saying, hey, that's not your character. That's not your nature anymore. We don't live that way. We don't go back to that addiction. We don't go back to that anxiety. We don't go back to that depression. Hey, we know that your family's not together yet. We're gonna stand and pray with you because we are those who stand when times are tough. See, we have a community of people and we are better together. We are not isolated. We are are not alone, but we're people who latch on to each other and say, we're going to go find that source. If you don't have the strength to do it, we're going to do it with you. If you don't feel like you can pray anymore, we'll pray for you. If you feel like you can't worship anymore, we're going to worship for you. Why? Because we're better together. When I think of this, I think of a man named Shama. Get this. Shama was in a lentil patch. He was fighting for some beans. That was his, that was his his assignment from the, from the king was fight for this lentil patch. And when everyone else left, he fought for that lentil patch. Here in our community, we fight for the things that seem insignificant. We fight for the people that feel insignificant. We fight for the people who don't give themselves significance because that's what the community of God is for. It's someone who's gonna stand in a place that actually, they, 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 they may have better things to do. They may have a life, but they don't care. It's on pause. When their brother, when their sister is in trouble, we stand with you and say, no matter what we got going on, we're gonna pray with you. We're gonna worship with you. We're gonna fight for what seems insignificant. We can do this but it's better together. If you're finding yourself being dry, feeling disconnected, are you connected to a small group? Do you have accountability in your life? Do you have someone pushing you to not settle for God's uh, second best or, or, or the third best or the fourth best, but pushing you to, God, to God's perfect will for your life? Accountability is the thing that, 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 that creates this desire to go deeper. We're better together. Another thing that, uh, that's interesting about a palm tree is that it grows towards the sun. Um, S, I put in my notes, S-O-N, you know, the son of God, but also naturally, it's like a pun, it's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but I remember that time in chemistry, the thing that he told me, um, I, forgot, I even forgot my teacher's name, to be honest, but um, <laughs> he taught us that, that the reason why the palm trees are slanted a little bit horizontally is because they grow to where the source of life is. They grow towards the sun. And in Ventura, it's a beach town, so the sun spends most of its time going towards the ocean. So was, you see the palm trees growing towards the ocean. And while I was reading and studying up on this, um, that when the trees are clumped together, oftentimes the palm branches actually shade the other trees uh, so they can't receive sunlight. So what the tree does is it maneuvers its way out of the shade and up to the sun. Uh, sometimes, this is a picture of our community, uh, we view community as a competition. And when people get shady, come on, <laughs> we stop growing towards the sun. When people hurt us, when people offend us, which will inevitably happen when you're dealing with people, we stop going after God. We allow people's actions to stop us from growing towards God. 
But a palm tree says, even when you're shady, I'm going after the sun. Even when you hurt me, I'm going after the sun. Even when maybe I look at over here and you're a little bit further along than I am and you have those miracles and I don't have those miracles yet, uh, I, instead of being bitter and, and frustrated that you have something and I don't, I'm gonna celebrate what you have and I'm gonna continue to grow towards the sun. What it says that in Philippians, it says, can we not celebrate? When our brothers and sisters have a victory, we should be those who are on the sideline. Come on, you're growing taller than I am. I'm not there yet, but I'm going to get there because we're going towards the sun. It's not about growing towards the right or to the left on, on, on being like your neighbor and trying to be like this and get there and, and be more. No, it's saying, you know what? My focus is on God. My focus is on becoming more like him. And together as a community, we don't get shady with each other. We just grow towards the sun. And when we get offended, we get hurt. We don't uproot and leave. We go towards the sun and we grow towards Jesus and say, God, I'm not here for that person on my right on my left I'm here for you because you're my source of life my neighbor's not my source of life my small group leader's not my source of life but you are my source of life come on I'm feeling that one don't allow community to become a competition that's tough our human nature is to always put something as a competition to outdo someone to be better that's what religion does Religion makes church a competition. A competition of who knows the most scripture, a competition in who can tithe the most, a competition who's the best preacher or worship leader or the best small group leader. Community isn't about competition, it's about growing towards God together. And aren't you glad that God didn't leave us alone and leave us hanging where he said, you have to grow towards God alone. You have to do this on the loan. No, he said, no, no. You have a community of people called the local church that will grow towards God with you that when you can't do it, they're gonna encourage you to do so. I love when, when our fellow brothers and sisters get a miracle. Why? Because that encourages me to keep on going, right? It encourages me when we hear a healing. And maybe you haven't got your healing yet, but I believe you will. And then take when somebody else gets a healing and don't get mad, but get excited. God, you're gonna heal me. God, you're gonna bring it. Come on. The keys can come on up. I'm finishing. It says, the fourth one is, is and this is my final point. Uh, my point is storms are for stretching. Storms are for stretching. Have you ever watched the news on a hurricane? I actually like doing that. It's so interesting. And I feel bad for those like news anchor ladies who are like out there and they're like, oh, it's so crazy. Like you can't even hear what they're saying. It's like, why are you out there? Um, like, I saw this one video, like a stop sign hit a lady. It was sad, but it was like one of those ones you don't want to laugh, but it, I did. I'm not going to lie. I did. <laughs> Come on, don't judge me. You know, we're going towards the sun, all right? Don't look at me. Look at Jesus. Um, anyways, so the news ladies are out there. They're talking. And you ever watch the palm trees behind them in those hurricanes? It's, we don't have hurricanes out here because it's beautiful in California all the time. So let's just imagine for a moment that we're in the South. Oh, come on. Thank God we're not. Um, we love the South. Um, but you ever seen the palm trees? They're crazy and they bend over backwards and they're flying every which way, but you, you rarely will see a palm tree fall down. You rarely see it fall down. So I started studying this um, and it's so interesting. A regular tree um, it actually grows, if you cut a, a tree down, you would be able to tell the age of the tree by how many circles are on the stump. And so what that means is every year, it grows a new layer and grows taller every year. A palm tree, if you cut it open, it would be like a, almost, it would be like a spongy material. What's crazy is that the way a palm tree is created is that its trunk and its roots have a little bit of elasticity in them. So they stretch a little bit. So during the storm, I read this, is that during those hurricanes, 
their roots actually grow longer and stronger and their trunks actually get taller. They get a couple inches taller after the storm. So when the storm's coming, you look at it and you're like, man, they must, like if it was a tree was alive, like, man, that tree must be freaking out. It's going like this, it's going crazy, but really it's getting stronger. I think of James chapter one, it says this, count it all joy, my brothers and sisters. I'll put the sisters in there, come on. When you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that this is a testing of your faith that produces steadfastness. And let that steadfastness take full effect, that you may be perfect, complete, and lacking nothing. Do you know who James was writing to? He was writing to believers. He wasn't writing to people who didn't know about God. He was writing to Hebrew believers that were feeling overwhelmed, undervalued. They were imprisoned. They were, their families were turning on them because they were believing in Jesus and they were ready to give up. But guess what? James was the brother of Jesus. And he was the biggest skeptic of them all when Jesus was on the earth. He was the one leading the parade saying, this guy ain't real, this is my brother, I know him. But when Jesus died and he came back, he came to James and said, James, look, at, look I, said, I am who I said I was. So James puts pen to paper and begins to write one of the first books in the New Testament. And he doesn't write it to people saying, hey, you know, it's time to get saved. He writes it to people who are already saved. All people who already know the truth. And people say that it's a book in the New Testament that has a tone of the Old Testament. It's faith without works is dead. And he's trying to get them to live it out. But he's saying, hey, the first thing he says when it opens up, when things get tough, don't get sad. Don't get anxious. Don't get depressed. Don't get worried. Don't run away. Take joy. Because your roots are getting stronger. Your tree, the, the, the tree is getting taller. You're going to stand taller at the end of this. That the storms of life are coming. But at the end, you're going to stand stronger. You're going to stand taller. And then at the end of this storm, people are going to look at you and say, hey, they're not even going to realize it happened. You're going to be further along than you were before. You're going to trust in God more than you did before. You're going to believe more in the community of God than you did before. We're not going to run away. We're not going to get bitter. We're not going to get hurt. We're going to get stronger. And God is going to stretch us. And he's going to grow us. But in the end, we're going to be so thankful that he did. Because nothing can take us down when we are planted. God is always working on your behalf. I love that. A palm tree looks like it's about to topple over because it's a hundred mile per hour wind. Yet it stands strong and it actually gets stronger. It says, you can't take me down. When life hits you, look life back in the face and say, you can't take me down. When you don't have answers to a question that you've been asking, say, you can't take me down. I heard this this week. See, oftentimes we go to God for a reason instead of going to God for a revelation. Now let me explain a little bit. That's kind of a churchy saying, so I'll explain a little bit. Oftentimes we want to go to God and say, God, why did this happen? God, God, why didn't you step in? Why didn't you intervene? Why didn't you do what you said you're going to do? Instead of finding the revelation, and revelation is a moment that God reveals his character to you. Instead of going back to, I don't understand this question, but I know who God is. I know he's been faithful. I know he's been good. 
I know things don't make sense, but I know that God makes sense because he loves me so much. And I don't know where to go and where to turn and what to say and what to do. But I do know my God is good and he's not going to let me down. And that's what a revelation of God is. We can stand to our feet. I'm closing. Um, But while I was praying this week, I believe God gave me a verse for people in the morning services in the 930 and 1130. And it's Job 14, 8 through 9. And I'm going to read this verse real quick. And it says, Though its root grow old in the earth and its stump die in the soil, yet at the scent of water it will bud. It will put out its branches like a young plant. See, Job and God are having a conversation. They're talking. Job has been pretty upset. He, he was a wealthy man. He lost all his wealth. He was, a, he was a family man. He lost all his family. He was a healthy man. He lost all his health. But he was standing there, and he's having this conversation with God, and he's asking for reasons, saying, God, why? Why'd you take my health? Why'd you take my kids? Why'd you take my money? Why'd you take my friends? I got some, he got some messed up friends. He's like, why'd you give me these friends? They suck. Sorry. He's having this conversation with God. And this is what God said to him. He says, Job, I know you feel like a tree that has no more life. This is what he's saying. I'll put it in my own, in my own words. I know you feel like you've been cut down to the very, very bottom. I feel like you, you, you're not producing any more fruit. You feel like you, you have no more life on the inside of you. But at the scent of water, Job, that which seemed what was lost and was gone, God will revive again. That, that, that passion you had for me before, it'll come back. That, 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 that freedom you had, it'll come back. Job, don't give up. I know you feel like you have no life in your soul. See, there's, sometimes we've got to be honest in church. There's moments we feel like we have no life left in our soul. We go to church every week. We read our Bibles, yet we're stuck and we feel so dry. We feel so alone. And we feel like there's nothing left. But what God said to Job, he's speaking to you this morning. Somebody in here. God wanted me to say this. He told me this week. I don't know who it is. But at the scent of water, life will come back into your soul. Do you know what water represents in the Bible? It represents the Holy Spirit. There's a scent of the Holy Spirit in here this morning. That will revive even the most broken of dreams. That will revive even the most bitter of people. That will revive even the most hurt of souls. God can revive you in a moment in His presence. And today is your day. Today is your day to get planted by rivers of living water. No longer are you going to rely on somebody else to get deeper with God. We're going to be so motivated. God, I need more. God, I need more. God, I need more. Every Monday at work, we're taking our lunch. And I'm like, you know what? I can't, I'm going to fast today. I'm going to go read my Bible because I need more today. My boss is driving me crazy. And he said, Holy Spirit, before I slap. Today is your day. We're going to bow our heads and close our eyes. And... Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are blessed.